Shit, that was crazy. That was fucking <laughs> Sorry, what? They made Roll it. that back. <laughs> <laughs> what? For what a turn. <laughs> so for grade nine day, yeah. uh, me and Jared were there, right? Do you remember that day? What is grade nine day? Uh, where uh, you had to bring, you would go to one of your parents' work. Like you, they would bring you to a, like your parents, one of your parents would bring you to their job and they would show you that. I know, I can tell already by your face that you've never had that. No one no. took you in. Your parents weren't taking you anywhere. They did not. Yeah, okay. So we had a grade nine day, and him and my mom worked together. So we, we show up for this grade nine day, and we're all just, like, you know, we're all sitting there, all getting to know each other, all this shit. And they're just showing us, like, they're showing us different, like, spots of the hospital, like, what they're mm-hmm. doing. Like, they talked about the cancer center. I remember mm-hmm. that where they were. I remember the one thing they talked about in the cancer center was they were working with dandelions. Uh, for Danny Lyon to actually, I'm gonna. I want to go back to his thing. I'm gonna go back to that Danny Lyon thing though in a second. He, so they bring us into this room. Yeah. And they're like, a woman delivered a baby today, and we're like, oh, okay, cool. cool. And then they're they're like showing us like the tones. Like there would be a ring in the hospital every time a baby was born, and. The one of the things they put that they're like, so this is a fresh placenta that just came out, and I'm like, what? I'm like, what? Do you know what that was at the time? Uh, they were explaining what okay. it is after. All right. So <laughs> we're saying that, and then they're like, okay, so everyone put gloves on so we can touch. I'm like, touch it. I'm like, touch it. What? What? I didn't mean? go for school for this. I don't know what that is. I can't touch. That. I remember I was like, I'm not touching that placenta. <laughs> I'm not touching that placenta. That may be the title for this. <laughs> I'm not touching that placenta. I, I don't. I don't blame you for not wanting to touch placenta. Did think. you touch the placenta, Jared? I actually can't remember if I did. Do you <laughs> block that straight out of his memory? Do you remember seeing the placenta though? No. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna be really honest with you. No. Damn, man. Because I like that. The placenta thing is the one thing I remember. And then the other thing I remember is where they were. Te- I was more fascinated about the dandelion tea thing. Because they were, they were saying, like, a story about this guy had stage four terminal cancer. I don't remember what can- You do remember yes, that. Yes, I yeah. remember that, yeah. And, and he started just randomly drinking dandelion tea. And they said that he went and got checked again if he had cancer. And they said it's gone. And he had terminal cancer. He only had, like, it was something. I want to say he had, like, 18 months to live mm-hmm. or something like that. And he started drinking that stuff. I don't, he, he doesn't know why. He was cutting dandelion started making tea. Let's find that out. Can we find out? If dandelion tea actually has any uh, it's, uh, medicinal common, properties, yeah, a common natural remedy. Like when I was pissing blood, yeah, that was like one of the first things that got suggested to me. With dandelion and uh, <laughs> pine needle tea, really? Yeah. Oh wow. Okay. Hmm. What, are we, what am I searching? Uh, does dandelion tea have like help with cancer? Like, uh, what would that? What would you uh, write there? I just have medicinal properties, I guess. Sure. Yeah, medicinal properties. We can do that. Elaborate on the spelling of that word. <laughs> <laughs> medicinal, like M E D I N C E L. Medicinal? Does that sound right? I don't know. Never typed out medicinal, I'll be honest with you. <laughs> I never just searched up for medicinal purposes ever. <laughs> I don't take care of myself. Why well, I look it up? Uh. The amount of urine coming from your body. Oh, it just helps you piss. Yeah. <laughs> That's why I was suggesting it. Oh, brilliant. I don't know. It helps with high blood But I do remember that story. Yeah, I just remember that specific story. And they're like, you can't go in there, though. They were like, you can't go in there because they're working. And we're like, okay. It says it helps uh, boost the immune system and encourages healthy cell growth. Okay, yeah. 
That's good. Jesus. It also helps your eyesight, reduces the signs of premature aging. Okay, I don't yeah. believe any of this anymore. And why? <laughs> that's too many good things to happen for me. <laughs> I don't, like, anything that sounds too good to be true is like, nah, I'm making that shit up. There's I, no way. I don't know, man, because the way I'm thinking of it, like, we just put Roundup on that bitch. We're just like, <laughs> get rid of that. Let's get rid of that. I don't know. I you gotta we, believe in nature. Come on. It's, uh... Well, there's a lot of things like that, isn't there? There's, like, a lot oh, yeah. of things where if you it's something like natural growing they use like i was mm-hmm. listening to this guy actually the other day he's talking about if you had a sinus infection he said you should grab an onion uh <laughs> boil some water put the onion in with uh i think it was a tablespoon of paprika and uh like garlic garlic and he said let that bitch boil until like all the he's just trying to get some idiot to try uh, who, go- who knows <laughs> let's see you never know what about if it does work go ahead try it i'll try it. i'm never sick though because i take care of myself yeah all right yeah. <laughs> i think i'd rather just take some allergy medication <laughs> yeah you're gonna take some allergy uh, allergy medication yeah just uh, i wouldn't do that either pop and done and <laughs> pop it and done it I don't have time to throw an onion in, boil, paprika. <laughs> I'm, I'm basically making a stew at this point. Like, Man, I, yeah, you pretty much are. I would, you know what would happen? I would start putting that shit in, and I would start making a stew. I'd be like, no, we're already halfway <laughs> there. Like, we're already halfway there. Some for medicine, some, some for lunch. <laughs> <laughs> you're like this, you're like over top of it, huffing it in, and then you're like, oh, I'll eat some of this shit. That sounds yeah. good as fuck. I love that shit, dude. A little bit of your congestion drips in, extra flavoring. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Just a little, that's an extra mm-hmm. salt. It thickens it. Yeah, it thickens it. <laughs> There you go. You're thinking ahead, man. It's a stew now. That's Hell what yeah. that is. That's a stew, my man. <laughs> so the one question I do have for you is what is your what made you go into psychology? What was the fascination with that? Uh, originally, it all started in high school when I took a class that was psychology, sociology, and anthropology on one. What was our teacher's name? I can't remember. What, it's escaping me right now. But he uh, taught this course, and I took it, and it just really clicked with me in my mind, really caught my interest, because I'm interested in learning about people, like why people behave the way they do, and yeah, just learning about people. It's a it's a great interest of mine. Just learning about people? Yeah, why they do the way, they, why they act the way they do, what influences them, and all that kind of stuff, yeah. What was the, what was maybe the biggest thing you took away from that, from doing it from the U? Biggest thing I took away? Hmm... Good question. How many things wrong <laughs> with people that there are? How many things can go wrong in the developmental process? How much both biology and environment uh, affect the, our choices? And uh, something else. How much I didn't like the research aspect of it. I was more into the uh, helping people, um, like therapy aspect. Because in the psychology program, you learn about both the therapy aspect of like dealing, mediating with people and helping them with their problems. And then you also deal with like the research aspect of it, where you're just uh, conducting experiments with people and writing down numbers. But that never really interests me. It was more just the people aspect, which is why as much as I like psychology, now I've gone into HR work because that is more of that just straight people work. Well, there is some office work to it. Uh, it's mostly just dealing with people and helping them out with their problems and everything like that. It's just, yeah. You were saying uh, of why people behave the way they behave. Is there like an example you can give out of that course that they taught you? One of the most interesting ones was a type of trauma response where uh, something happens to a person uh, and then they commit the same 
kind of crime or atrocity to another person as a way to regain power within their own life. Mm. That's like a kid gets abused. Mm -hmm. When he grows up, he abuses his kid because that's what his dad did to him. Exactly, yes. It's a way of regaining power in their own mind, but it's not, well, obviously it's not healthy. No, of course not. But it's just really interesting how how much the trauma overrides, I guess, logic in a way. Mm -hmm. Because then you would think like, oh, like, you get, say, you get abused as a child, like, you wouldn't want to do that to someone else, but some people just, that's not how the mind filters through that trauma, and that's not how it works. And also, it depends on what age certain things happen to you, because mm-hmm. it'll affect your development differently. So, like, if you're really young, and something really tragic happens to you, usually in, la- in later in life, I don't think it comes out as drastic, but you can see, like, anger management problems, or, like trouble sleeping like little signs but if it continues for long periods for more of the developmental progress you can see it in more drastic effects like sometimes it leads to like murders and shit Mm -hmm. that's another uh you remind me of another good point that i learned in developmental processes that there's both goals which you can't miss when you're growing up as a child and aging and there's some that you can miss that you can uh gain later on one of the big ones that you really can't miss up to a certain point is language. If you don't learn language after a certain point, you're you're <laughs> you're done. You can't. They uh, if you ever see stories about kids that that they find just living in the woods like I was like just an, gonna say that like yeah. an animal, yeah, like they're just totally wild. After a certain age, they they have no capacity to be able to learn language. It's just one of those things where you can't, you can't miss it. Yeah, uh, it's um. I think it's because our, our minds can't, because language is just we make sounds and then we put meanings to those sounds. But if you don't develop that skill at a young age, later on you just can't comprehend the, the two things meaning the same. Like what I'm saying right now has no meaning. Individual sounds and words, you can't comprehend that they have a significance in any way. Hmm. That's interesting. Okay. I've never, like, that's what I mean. I know. I, I never understood, like, stuff like that. Like, I understand the trauma aspect, but you, like, explaining it in the sense of, like, what can happen to somebody and how it goes through the years. Like, how it can affect them years on, even Mm -hmm. though it may not be a big thing in the moment. Mm -hmm. You were saying something that, things that you could miss. What is something that you could miss? Uh, it could be physical stuff, like walking, or just, like, (sighs) when you begin to talk. Like, as long as you're... Uh, gaining language like from your parents or even like different uh, times of like say you're there's the babbling stage that's like one of the first stages of language if you keep doing that for a while and like you miss the normal age of which you should be learning more about words that can be to a certain point like okay and that you can be an outlier and then gain that next step later on in the process what was that? The heater. Oh, that was a heater? I was like, God damn. Because um, you hear about that, right? Like uh, kids that don't talk until they're like age five, but then they start talking and they're totally fine. Mm-hmm. What, do you, what do you think the reason is for not talking at that young age? <sighs> it could be a lot of things. It could be maybe they have some kind of mental issue, like something on the autism spectrum disorder, or it could just be random like it could just be that's how their brain functions and when the brain is ready to commit to that next step just how the brain 
works its way through dealing with life of like all this stimuli coming into your mind and just whenever it's fully like registered at all and it's like okay i'm ready for the next thing kind of deal ready for the next thing hmm. all right okay i'm just i'm you gotta forgive me i'm trying to follow along no no worries no so worries like, like uh elaborate in the sense of like maybe what's the most interesting thing you've learned about people in the sense of that course out of that most interesting thing i learned about people the influence that others have on ourselves the whole aspect of like community and social structures how much like as much as we make choices for ourselves what people do around us and how people judge us plays such a huge huge factor into what we act and <coughs> think is okay and what we want people to perceive us as because you know we're social creatures mm -hmm. and uh there's n there's no one on this planet that you know unless you're like in antarctica or like on an island by yourself like tom tom hanks then uh <laughs> for your whole life then you're always dealing with some other person and they will perceive you in a certain way that's what i'm learning about right now too in my hr course is perceptions they're very biased and they're very like you have your way of uh, registering reality around you is entirely unique to you okay yeah so like you i had a i just had a question because you were talking about uh pe like your people's perception of you Mm -hmm. Do you think a lot of that now, because I know we're like social creatures, but do you think a lot of that has an influence with mm -hmm. social media now in, this, oh. in that sense? Absolutely, absolutely. Because not only is it like all the time that you are seeing people and what they're doing and, you know, they see what you're doing and it's just so quick all the time now. Like people are posting, people are doing all this stuff. And then also people are posting what they, again, what they want you to see. Like, they're not, sometimes Sometimes people uh, show that, like, more vulnerable side, but other times people don't. Like, it all depends on what they're comfortable with or what they desire people to view them like. And it's just, it's a lot of, there's certain categories of, like, how certain people act, but really it's every person is unique with what they desire people to see them as what they what they actually show so like mm -hmm. pe people like who don't show necessarily the the struggles in their life like they rather s show you what they're doing like if you like if mm -hmm. you want to use inst uh snapchat as an example like people will post them at the club them doing stuff mm -hmm. but they'll never post like them at their what do you want to say their job that they don't like mm -hmm. or stuff like that what would you say to people if you if you were talking to people let's say say you were in the aspect of talking to people and someone's coming to you and they say I don't enjoy this job that I'm doing. I don't. I can't find purpose in my life. What would you suggest to that person? What would I suggest to that person? I would suggest either finding your purpose elsewhere if you can't uh, find a solution in your job, like say you can't find a new job, to find purpose elsewhere, or if you can, uh, move on. It's one of the biggest things that people struggle with is change and accepting their situation is not what they want it to be because you know there's a lot of myself included you know 
so much uh, struggle with perfectionism and wanting things to be a certain way, but at a certain point you gotta just accept life throws a lot of lemons at you, and uh, you gotta make as much lemonade as you can. <laughs> that was, oh my god, that was really cheesy. <laughs> you got the point across, we know what you meant. <laughs> what, you, what, do you, what do you mean by perfection for you? Like, what, what, what do you mean by that? Mm. Like, uh, you weren't happy with certain things Oh god. <laughs> Never, never. <laughs> oh, God, this is going to turn into a therapy session for myself. Uh, no. right, we're the, this is the guy to talk to. This is us. We're the people to talk to for therapy, for sure. <laughs> or I'll judge you the whole time, and he'll be nice about it. Fair <laughs> enough. The yin and yang. Uh, <laughs> uh, just my whole life, I um, struggle with perfectionism. I, I've always wanted things to be a certain way. And um, I don't know. I think I struggle with trying to find the right words to describe this of you know not always not never being where you want to be and then coming to terms with that place in my mind that I'm picturing doesn't actually exist it's like you know always wanting today to be tomorrow but tomorrow never exists it's always just today mm -hmm. and you have to accept what today is whether good or bad and uh, just Enjoy as much as you can. Find uh, the most positivity out of it as you can. And just accept what you can change and accept what you can as well. I find that very interesting that you, uh, you said that because I've always, I actually always looked at you and thought you've always, because even in high school, you're always like really smart. You're always very polite oh, and stuff you. like that. And I always, I always thought you would actually very much do something Wit, wit, like I knew, I, I always knew out of high school, I'm like, Jared's going to do something good. I, I always knew that. And it was very interesting to me when I seen you downtown, and you, which is fucking ironic. Downtown, <laughs> you know what I mean? That, see you downtown, and you said that, oh, I'm doing my, you know, I got my master's in psychology, and I'm doing the HR. It's just a bachelor's. Sorry, just bachelor's. Uh, <laughs> sorry, sorry, bachelor's. No worries. But uh, I, I always thought you were going to do something good. So you hearing you actually say that is very interesting to me because uh, it's like I would never have thought you were a guy that is – perfection like what do you mean by what is not, not perfect like what do you mean what is not perfect to you uh i think it's just uh i'm too self-aware like there, i always feel like there's something that i could do better mm -hmm. and but then i never appreciate enough where i'm at in the moment of like of look how far i've come uh, i never focus on that enough but i have been working on it for the last couple of years and accepting more of who i am uh, high school, ironically, high school, I struggled with a lot of just like, oh, I had a hard time coming into high school because I didn't know anyone. I Literally zero. I came from a public grade school going into a Catholic high school. Didn't really know religion at all. And I had uh, learned a little bit before I went in. No friends. And just trying to find where I fit and then also who I am as a person in psychology that kind of like 14 to 16 or 17 range is, uh, for some theorists, is the identity stage of a person's development where you're trying to figure out who you are as a person versus who you're not. And sometimes people don't find that. They don't find that identity. Luckily, I did uh, after a lot of soul searching over the years. And... Uh, yeah, it's for me. It's all about just appreciating how far I've come, and you know, taking it easy on myself a little bit. I'm a little bit hard on myself sometimes. Learning to set realistic goals instead of 
Paradise ones. Exactly, yeah. yes. Do you think uh, going to s- school for your bachelor's helped you identify the issues that you had? Absolutely. Yeah. It, uh, it really helps learning about other people, mm-hmm. being able to use that like a mirror for yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, it was really interesting in university because... Again, we talk about perceptions and people tell you things of like how they're going to be and then versus what they actually are to you. Like high school, high school was pretty good for the most part. Uh, I kind of struggled uh, internally going into grade 11 and grade 12 just because of that. um, I felt a disconnect with how things were taught versus how the school puts itself out there, like its perception, like its image. Of like, oh, it cares more about curriculum versus students. And then going into university, there's, they, you know, people talk about, oh, it's going to be so great. You know, all this independence. You do you. You know, you find yourself and like you're an adult now. But sometimes in university, uh, <laughs> it ain't all that. Uh, it, uh, there definitely is a lot of independence. But then with independence comes oh, God, like, I, there's no one to hold my hand. I got to do everything myself, which that part I didn't struggle with. But then it was also like everyone is just doing their own thing and there's not a lot of connectiveness. And the lack of connectiveness gets replaced with competitiveness mm. where everyone's just kind of um, not, I wouldn't want to say totally out for themselves, but everyone's trying to reach for that top rung of the ladder. And that kind of hurts the connectiveness, connectiveness a little bit. I lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's all right. Uh, <laughs> did you guys talk about dreams at all in your psychology? Uh, I'm trying to remember. It was a couple <clears throat> years ago now that I graduated. Uh, <laughs> yes, we definitely learned about the uh, sleep cycle and about how the different stages uh, come... Trying to find the right word, sorry. <laughs> Different stages and how they uh, affect what we dream about mm-hmm. and how getting the right amount of sleep and all that, all that kind of stuff uh, helps with our mental state and everything like that. Yeah. I'm trying to, what do you mean, like, talking well, about dreams? About Some people, I, I mean, I, you know, I didn't go to university psychology, so I could just be making this up as I go. <laughs> but some people say that dreams actually have, like, a almost... They can have a benefit or, like, uh, negatively affect people mm. based on the images they see and how they perceive them. Because it's, uh, depending on who you believe, it's all images projected from our subconscious, mm-hmm. either that are trying to show us, like, things that are wrong or things that we're trying to obtain. So it's like, if you see something you really want, but you know you can't get it, when you wake up, you're going to be pissed off. Mm-hmm. Stuff like that. Yeah, and psychology... They don't talk about that as much. It's more of, it's almost like a more scientific approach, like less, uh, almost atheistic in a way of like, oh, all dreams are, uh, is your brain reloading all the images of your day Mm -hmm. and all the things that you heard and looked at and is just trying to comprehend it again on like an unconscious level. Whereas like, I don't want to say like, oh, like your dreams have no meaning, but it's more of like, oh... You don't know what your brain is doing, but your brain does. <laughs> yeah. It's the, the three levels of consciousness, I think, is like subconscious, 
conscious and uh, the middle one I can never remember. But the, the dreams exist between the subconscious and the middle conscious. So uh, it's the stuff in your day shooting back at you and the way that your subconscious mind reacts to it and mm -hmm. understands it. I think the third stage is unconscious. Is it? I believe so. Probably. Yeah, no, that makes sense. Mm -hmm. Because conscious is like you awake, aware. Mm -hmm. Subconscious is like you can be awake and aware, but there's like almost like background tasks going on that mm -hmm. like, you know, you do without actually knowing. And then the unconscious is like stuff like dreams or yeah. sleeping and uh, even like just your bodily functions that, you know, no one thinks about breathing, but you do it. Yeah, All thank, that God, thank God. Thank God. That <laughs> I would forget. I would just Dude, forget. Dude, I've been fucking pretty high and I'm like, <laughs> oh, I'm forgetting. Oh, shit. Oh, I'm forgetting. <laughs> oh, I'm dying. This is it. I actually just tried a psychology trick today that I saw on uh, TikTok. This guy said that um, if you're having hiccups, you remind yourself that you're not a fish because hiccups apparently were something that we developed transitioning between like a mammal or like fish to like a humanoid mammal. And if you remind yourself you're not a fish, then they go away. And I did it today, and it totally worked. I was all hurt. Damn. It, it worked. I went like, I hiccuped once, and then I went, I'm not a fish. Gone. So, <laughs> Yo, bro, I'm not a fish. Oh, all right, tight. All right. Understandable. Have a nice day. Thank <laughs> you. That's fucking funny, man. I'll have to try it a couple more times, but uh, God, if that works. <laughs> and How? even even if it doesn't work, like even if it's not like real, it's still placebo. That's a, that's another big thing we learned about was mm, placebo. That's what I was going to ask you, actually. Mm, of like, even though stuff doesn't have an effect on you, if your brain thinks it does, uh, it, it works. It funny enough, Which could be partly with the dandelion thing as well. Like, even, oh, okay. even though, like, we, we looked up the medicinal properties and they don't correlate with, you know, treatment of cancer. Just because he believes it, you know, there's only so much the human body could do. But, uh... You could say from like a morality, or not a morality, but a moral, um, like a moral like happiness standpoint of like, oh, like his body is in like a positive outlook, mm -hmm. so therefore it wants to live and function better and work harder to fight off the cancer. Right. I've always uh, thought about people like that. Like wh when I hear stories like that, and they end up just like looking, have a, like a positive outlook instead of like, um... Because I would imagine, like, as a, obviously, as people who have cancer, and if you're going through, like, chemo radiation and stuff like that, I would imagine, like, obviously, that's a lot of, you know, your, your body's run down, you, you feel, you feel a lot of things, you feel nauseated, your hair's lost, you, low energy, all mm -hmm. this stuff, you can't stomach anything. I would imagine, like, yeah, that, it, that, that would be a hard thing to look out, like, as a positive outlook, mm -hmm. you know what I mean? But when you, when you see those stories, like, I, I, I always read up on those couple stories where it's someone actually having a positive outlook on something, you know what I mean? So, th th that positive outlook is, uh, is always very interesting to me because I, even people that get sick, mm -hmm. it's weird, when people get sick, they actually end up, like, taking care of themselves like having a positive mindset out of it and they get like they're not as sick mm -hmm. it's weird it's a weird fucking thing i've always noticed that i like those stories mm -hmm. it goes in hand with like the will to live like the just like what you right. accept versus what you don't accept of mm -hmm. like oh like i still think i have a fighting chance like your body's gonna uh, unconsciously work harder to want to get through it mm. not to say that you can't have bad days or like feel down at certain points but um you know, you just gotta try and roll with the punches as best you can if you have a bad day, and hopefully you have people in your life that uh, 
can uh, help you out with that and lift you back up and just, yeah, roll with the punches. You were talking about the placebo thing too. Mm -hmm. And uh, I remember reading this one study where it was like the, they got 50 people to drink alcohol mm. and, you know, they were drunk, partying, blah, blah, all this stuff. And, but then the, uh, the next weekend, they gave them the same, it, they had non-alcohol and they swapped it out. And people were still acting mm -hmm. like they were drunk. Like it was like they were drinking this non-alcoholic stuff and still thinking they were drunk. It was very, I don't know, I thought that was fascinating. You think that, that, that placebo works? Like people think they're fucked oh. up? So Oh, yeah. You, like did you learn anything about the brain being under influence, stuff like that? Uh, in the courses I took, not a whole lot. This is dark, but the first thing that comes to mind is like fetal alcohol syndrome. That was in one of my developmental classes of how detrimental like alcohol while pregnancy while pregnant can affect your child's development if you really just don't take care of yourself and do stuff like that. It can really affect your child, and it's mm -hmm. it's dangerous. Uh. No, I, I, I wanted to say something else about the placebo now. Oh, it um, it goes back to like how how much uh, unconsciously we um, are affected by our brain. Like we always like it's like the free will. Like we always think we're in control, but how much in control are we versus like what our brain does that we don't know about? Mm -hmm. It uh, it kind of goes in hand when you talk about like the drunk thing. My personal opinion is that. There's the placebo effect, but also there's the social aspect. There's a really good story. I don't know if you've heard about it. Uh, the King Has No Clothes. It's a story about an emperor who brings a tailor in to make him, like, the best clothes in the world. And the guy, do, uh, guy wants to scam him, the tailor. So the tailor goes, oh, I made you this suit, but he really has nothing. And he goes, anyone that says, like, you're not wearing anything um, is, in, like, lying to you. So then the emperor goes along with it, and he goes out and announces to the, makes a declaration or whatever to the crowds, but he's completely naked. Mm. And then the story ends with a child going, the king has no clothes, and it's the whole aspect of like, oh, people socially will go along with ridiculous concepts like that to not be outcasted by the majority. Mm-hmm. Mm -hmm. I can see that, yeah. So I think there's probably also a social aspect of, that drinking experiment where maybe people might be embarrassed to be like, oh, like, I'm not actually drunk, or like... They thought they were drunk, mm -hmm. so they acted drunk because they thought that's how they had to act. Act, yeah. Time. Exactly. Yeah. And then, or then, like, you know, they start acting drunk, and then maybe halfway through, they think, oh, I'm not actually drunk, but then they're like, oh, I've been acting so ridiculous <laughs> that I now... I'm drunk. Yeah, that I don't want people to think I had, like... People don't know, want to know the facade is up. Like, oh, like, I was acting like an idiot. And then I don't want to say, like, oh, like, I'm not actually drunk. So then people are like, then why were you acting like an idiot? <laughs> you know right. how some people who have trouble talking, usually once they get a few drinks in them, they're suddenly, like, the funniest guy in the room? Mm -hmm. it's, it's a lot of, like, it's an excuse to drop that social barrier they always have. So when they thought they were drinking, they were acting the way they always want to act. Right. But they couldn't. Because, right. Okay. Because yeah. that, that was going to be my next thing. Because, like, when people, you know, there's that saying where you can uh, you can just say for alcohol in general, but the one I was going to use is whiskey. Like, whiskey's mm -hmm. like a truth serum, they say. Like, that, that will bring up the real, whatever it is supposed to be the real you. I don't know if that, like, had any correlation, but you, I think I get what you're saying in the sense of that's how people maybe necessarily want to act mm -hmm. in that way. Like, even, like, I don't know, even, like, asshole 
asshole drunks? Like, what about that? Uh, I think that's more... I don't know. There's a lot of discussion about it because it's similar to, say, people with dementia or Alzheimer's where, like, they act a certain way, and then once the disease takes hold, they start acting differently, and it's like, oh, was that their personality underneath? We're like, or, like, the... Um, the control receptors, like the things that they had in their mind that allowed them to keep all that, say, bad stuff or even good stuff in check, is now gone. And, uh, sorry, what was your question? <laughs> I kind of got off track. No, I, w- I was just talking about alcohol, how, like, there was asshole drunks. And I was, mm, uh, yes. I was curious of why people would maybe act like that. Is that, su- is that maybe something that that's a thing that they want to portray and, like, want to put out there? Or is that something that the alcohol has taken Pretend- over? Potentially, it's either that's who they truly are underneath because, say, from trauma, or maybe they actually do want to act that way because of, again, what they want people to perceive. You are correct with that idea because it comes from warped mindsets of like, oh, this is how, say, like for a guy, like, oh, I got to act all tough and manly, so therefore I'm going to like punch three dudes in the face to prove I'm a man. Mm-hmm. And that's like a warped perception of like, no, that's not actually like the right thing to do or like that's not how to act like a real man. Mm-hmm. But the alcohol, again, loosens those inhibitions and makes you makes you lose control a little bit, yeah. Do you think that comes uh, from, like, a, a tribal mindset of, like, being the alpha in the room for those guys? Mm, potentially, yes. I mean, every human is different, and there's definitely people that have more of that alpha or dominating personality. And uh, for me personally, like, I, I've been thinking about this for a while, like, different survival tactics in humans, like humans who are more violent or people who are more peaceful. Like, those are two different survival tactics that now we have to deal with in the modern world. And, uh, yeah, just... uh, What do you mean by survival tactics? Like the survival as in living and living long enough to be able to have children. Both of those because that's like what all life does is live and produce so that they uh, have their cells and history carry on through their offspring. That's what I mean by uh, survival tactics. Like, oh, like people who are peaceful, they tribe and work together and they live, you know, stronger in numbers so that everyone can prosper versus someone who is more violent, they get rid of all the competition. And then they're the, you know, last person standing and they have all the control. It's just interesting to think about of like in the modern world where some of that... uh, comes into effect and we have to think about because we're still animals as much as humans are very uh advanced and there's nothing like us on on the planet we're still animals at our core it's like uh in psychology we talked about like the different uh layers of the brain like the brain stem and then there's the ones above it and there's like oh like this one is lizard brain one of the lower ones of like that's what we had back when we were in that like sort of fish lizard stage that has been kind of pushed down and like other stuff is developed on top of it but it's still there to to a point like I just said like we developed hiccups from being fish like mm-hmm. our past still has a hold on us and still affects us even though some people try to deny that and think that we're a lot more enlightened than I think we ought to believe what I always bring it back to is everyone's afraid of the dark mm-hmm. right. no matter how tough reason. you are 
no matter like how alpha you think you are, you're afraid of the dark. Right. Like your brain is scared of pitch black. Mm-hmm. You don't know what's going on. You don't know where the threats are. Right. I heard uh, I heard like a, another guy talk about like the dark in particular, and that was because like when we were you know um, cavemen and stuff like that. That you know when you were sleeping at night, that there's predators coming for you at night right mm-hmm. you can't see them they have the right because if i'm not mistaken is it like predators that have night vision like why can i think of those uh cats that have it like, like tigers like just leopards and yeah, tigers, tigers and stuff like that right uh, okay i was right about that yeah mm-hmm. well it's just you know if you can't see where the threat's coming from, from your brain's <laughs> scared it doesn't matter if they can see in the dark if there's something out there that you can't see you're afraid of it. yeah, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. we also have a pattern recognition brain that's like, the only reason we got this far probably mm-hmm. yeah yeah our brain is hardwired to recognize patterns such as like a tiger who has stripes where our brains recognize that so that we can avoid it and survive and the dark there is no pattern there is nothing this <laughs> you can't see anything which goes against what our brain is hardwired to do so where it puts us on alert mm-hmm. fight or flight right mm-hmm. you were uh you were talking about like the competitive aspect of people mm-hmm. and all that. And uh, we actually had a guy, uh, his name is Tyler Ferrer. He was on the podcast and um, he, he always talks about what I find interesting of grind culture in particular mm. and how it's the, I can do it myself mindset and I don't need help. And what I find interesting is you were talking about certain people that have compassion for others and want to help. Mm-hmm. Um, do you think we fumbled the ball as humans where we we ended up taking convenience over um, what's the thing you always say convenience over why can't I think of the other word it's, uh, comfort over Com- comfort over com- uh, great comfort over convenience or am I we chose to be comfortable and be convenient right. rather than actually but like survive my point is is like we we were used to be these tribes of like thirty to one hundred and fifty people but everyone mm-hmm. had like a purpose in the tribe and I always go back to like. You, you have a neighbor now and you may never even talk to your neighbor. Like you may not even actually know a thing about your neighbor. And it's always like the, this mindset of, I got to worry about myself now and I can't, a- and you can't ask for help. Like that's what I always think about grind culture was very weird is that they think that you can, it, you never need a helping hand, which I find very weird to me. Cause I'm like, I, I've always thought like if I, if I feel stressed out and I can't do something myself and there's somebody that, you know, has maybe gone down that Avenue and can help me. I think that's, um, I think you should take the help. I don't think that's a bad thing. I, I think it's like society now pushes that on you of like, no, don't ask for help. You got to work for it yourself. Do you find that or? I completely agree. Ironically, in a time of trying to advocate so much for mental health, we're in such a time of, oh, everyone's just got to be on their own and just deal with it. <laughs> right. I'm to- totally in agreeance. I think it is a mistake. I think we could definitely go back a little bit and sort of I think social media does have a bit of an influence because it's like uh, there's a wall it's like how people talk about with cyberbullying of like oh there's like a wall between you and the person that you're hurting so it helps people be less compassionate it's uh the st- it's like the Stanford prison experiment that where wild. yeah <laughs> where uh, I don't know Jake have you heard about it before I've been per- no go oh. ahead so basically at this university, Stanford, they had an experiment where they brought a bunch of guys in and half of them were prisoners and half of them were guards. And they kind of like left them to their own devices of like, this is your role and, you know, as a guard or as a prisoner, prisoners, you do what the guards tell you and the guards, you rule over them like, like a jail. Mm-hmm. 
and then kind of do what you will, and they observe them. And one of the criticisms of, of like, how, why... First of all, it went off the rails. Yeah. That was the end part of, like, uh, abuse of power and just total, like, disconnect between, like, treating them as people. And part of that was, part of the outfit of the guards is that they all wore aviator sunglasses that blocked the ability of the prisoners to see their eyes. And it's, it's like a mask of, like, oh, you know, I'm not really me, so therefore I can do the things that I wouldn't normally do if I was what I perceive as, like, being me. Mm-hmm. And, uh, again, yeah, it's just that disconnect to be able to find loopholes in your own morals to excuse hurting people and benefiting yourself more kind of deal. So I think if we were to solve that a little bit, I would say just more real-life interaction. I don't think we do enough of that, like you just said. Mm -hmm. You know a neighbor your whole life, and you've never even met them. I think we should go back to more of that, like, getting to know people. I think, and people are scared. People are scared to know each other now. I don't know when that sort of happened. I think there was definitely the effect of, you know, like the 70s and 80s of, like, serial killers and kidnappers and all that stuff. Definitely had an effect. I mean, we were part of the generation of don't go outside. There's going to be people in white vans that are going to kidnap you. I definitely think that has an effect. And I think it's just snowballed over the years of fear. Fear of what could happen versus not focusing enough on what will actually happen. And... I don't know, there's just less of a tolerance for accepting risk in life, which I think maybe we should relax a little bit on kind of deal. It's just, you got to think of it like in like the 50s. You know, people were still kind of looking out for one another, but as things progressed and we got into bigger cities and there's more and more people around all the time, you're not really watching everyone on the street Mm -hmm. to make sure they're all right. right? Mm -hmm. So when people started getting taken off the street and murdered or kidnapped, People got afraid, and they were basically, our parents probably grew up just saying, like, hey, you got to stay in after 8 p.m., and then they grew up, and they were like, okay, my kid probably shouldn't even be out before 5. Right. Like, if this son's not out, and, like, I'm not watching them, they're going to get taken. Right. Because we grew up in just fear, just fear of everyone else, because we don't know who they are anymore. They could be... Your neighbors kidnapping kids, and you would mm-hmm. never know. And it's not just the individual fears, like one person doing harm to another. Mm-hmm. There's also like the political, social aspects of big threats, like back in the day, like communism. You know, with mm-hmm. Russia. You know, that whole Cold War thing, like this huge threat that you can't, like the average person can't comprehend, like on like the full scale, like an entire country, millions of other people that would just want to destroy you. Like, mm-hmm. that amount of fear. And then we live in a post-9-11 world where there's also that aspect of, like, just those big threats of the fear of the unknown play into less tolerance for fear of little threats because you're always thinking of that big thing. That big thing is always on your mind. Mm-hmm. So then you have less tolerance. You have less space in your mind to handle other kinds of stress. Right. I wanted to go back because, um, can you, you, yeah, well, I'll fill that up for you, right? You need uh, more water, Jared? No, I'm good, thanks. Okay. Let's take a hydro break. <laughs> you want a break? No, I'm just saying, oh, give me more water, baby. We kind of got off the rails a little bit. Uh, what I wanted to ask you was, you you were talking about the, um, 
Stanford. Mm-hmm. Uh, wh- can we pull that up? What was it called again? The Stanford. The Stanford Prison Experiment. Uh, Stanford Prison uh, Experiment. Please rain. Um, so you were talking about that. Like, wh- what was the like extent? Because we kind of just brushed over it. I wanted. Mm. I want to know what ended up actually going down. I, I'd love to talk about it. <laughs> so <laughs> perfect. So basically, they took a bunch of college kids, uh, threw like six of them into cells, gave six of them batons and aviator sunglasses to block out their eyes. And said, now you guys are in charge of these other guys. So when the prisoners didn't like the rules the guards put up, the guards, you know, started beating them and torturing them. And the way they would control the, the prisoners got more and more severe. Till eventually, I think they were like, they were doing solitary, but then they would just go in and do regular beatings. Like, oh. They would strip them down. Mm-hmm. Lock them in a room like a black closet, no windows, no lights. No food, starvation. Starvation, oh, wow. and then they mm-hmm. would just repeatedly beat them. All of this occurred over six days. Holy yeah. shit. They had yeah. to shut it down after it six days. It got so <laughs> bad, they had to shut it down. And, and the guy that was running it wasn't even the guy that shutting down shut it down. It was his girlfriend that was like, hey, like, how's your experiment going? And he's like, oh, listen, because he himself got caught up in the experiment like look what all this brilliance and like look at what they're doing and she's like this is really messed up why you of, like how far it went mm-hmm. uh, wow that's wow that's actually crazy mm-hmm. man. jesus okay yeah you know even we were talking oh sorry were you gonna say something man yeah absolute power corrupts, corrupts absolutely, absolutely. Mm-hmm. if you give anyone power over any group of people they're gonna abuse it almost every fucking time yeah um you know i find like you know, you got to even think of like uh, how you said before we're we're social beings. Mm-hmm. Um, the worst thing you could fucking do to a human in prison is put them in solitary confinement <laughs> where they can't talk to anybody. And not just that, they also uh, made them give up their names and gave them numbers. So that was another dehumanizing aspect. So right. you're not even a, you're not even a person at all. You're just a number. And uh, yeah, it had a really deep effect on these prisoners. Like they were. Some of them even went on, like, hunger strikes and just total, total despair. Yeah. And this study just was, conde- like, to just see how people in general with power... Um, I think it was about the concentration camps in Nazi Germany. Oh, okay. Yeah, yeah I think there was that influence, yeah, if I remember correctly. wanted to see why it went mm-hmm. down that way. And when, when these people were in this um, experiment, did they, did they understand what they were getting into? To or? some degree, like... You know, it's like, oh, you're just going to be in an experiment where you have a role. Mm -hmm. But, you know, what they say versus what actually happens was very, very different. And I think they they did get paid. Yes, they got paid for their time, both as prisoners and as guards, I believe, Mm -hmm. for for their time. And, yeah, it even says, like, they screened people to make sure they had the best participants and, like, people that they thought were just average people who weren't, you know, mentally insane right off the bat. (laughs) But uh, it just goes to show how far, like, the average person will change. And how it, will, like, how it can take, how far it could actually really go. Wow, mm-hmm. man, that's, uh, that's fucking very interesting. I think it only took, like, what, two days for them to start uh, treating the prisoners like animals? Yeah. And even, like, uh, kind of like the military tactics of, like, making people chant stuff over and over again to make them remind, like, forcing them to do it as a part of, like, accepting their circumstance and, like just demoralizing again like you know i'm trying to remember what they made them say of like you know like my name isn't this i am number this i am not a human i'm not a person i am just a number like that kind of stuff oh wow yeah they thought of everything they really did (laughs) 
Mm-hmm. They really pushed it, yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. But one guy in solitary confinement did go on a hunger strike where he just wasn't eating anything, and then they, I think they were beating him as well because of that, and he just still refused to eat. He's just like, I, I'm just done. Like, I'm not even in, like, I'm done the experiment. I'm just done as a person. Like, I've given oh, up. Oh, wow, yeah. I've given up. Like, because they, they even forgot as prisoners that this is just an experiment. Like, everyone in that scenario, the experimenters, the guards, and the prisoners, all forgot what it was for and that it just became almost like real life. Like, this is uh, who we are. It's us versus them. Do you know how long this uh, experiment was originally supposed to go for or they were just seeing? Two, Two weeks. weeks. Okay. Oh, wow, they made it six days. Yeah, okay. <laughs> yeah, okay. Even, like, you know, you're talking about, like, uh, those guys that are doing that. This is a little different turn, but, like, Navy SEALs. Like, when mm. they do... Um, they do Hell Week, where it's like they're not sleeping for, mm-hmm. like, the, what is that, the whole week or something like that? They don't sleep. I think they sleep in a total of three hours during that entire week. Whew. Which, oh my th- that's got to break you down, like, mm-hmm. you know, mentally. Like, I don't know what that actually does to you. Do you you ever learn anything about that? No, not a lot, actually. That's actually a really interesting question. Uh, from what I can apply to it, I would say that it's mildly different because of the fact that they're not trying to break you down just for the sake of breaking you down they're breaking you down to build you back up again like you you're they're making you stronger even if you hate it even if you're miserable and you hate it they're still breaking you down to make you stronger there's like a positive goal whether or not people would agree with the tactic it's a like a different dynamic Mm. Mm -hmm. like i i I would wonder what it would be like to talk to someone they like like because they i think they have i want to say it's like a hundred people that participate and then only f- I fucking like a handful make it. Nah. Yeah. So I, 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 it would be fascinating to actually talk to somebody that went through it and got through it and understand like what it actually did to their mind of like mm-hmm. breaking it down. Would that be so- something that you would want to do? Like oh. talk to somebody like that? Can you imagine that? That man? actually would be really interesting. You could do that, right? <laughs> Me, I wish. Fuck, <laughs> I wish. I, 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 I like to think I'm a tough. Like I, I personally think, in my opinion, um, doing hard, difficult tasks actually um they 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 have something for you i don't know what it is it's like that like those endorphins of like oh i did it mm-hmm. like oh i did that difficult task whether if you, you could apply it into multiple things like I, i'm kind of think the way i'm thinking of it is like doing putting myself through like a really hard workout but like you could really apply to it to anything whether it's something like you know I, i'm going to use video games but like sometimes there's hard tasks on a video game and when you, for some reason when you beat that part that mission or mm-hmm. whatever it's like fuck i'm the best you know what yeah. I mean? it's, it's, it's a weird like mindset thing it's mm-hmm. a weird, very interesting like i i don't know in my personal opinion i've always thought like doing hard difficult tasks do something to you they mm-hmm. do because I, th- I think some of the best people and some of the strong-minded people in the world always are doing difficult shit man yes they are like think about like a business owner mm-hmm. that shit's hard to own a business man mm-hmm. especially now can you imagine trying to do it now Oh my god, this economy, yeah. Just fucking shit the bed, man. But even like, uh, I always like look at athletes or look at like, do you know who, uh, you know who David Goggins is? No. David Goggins is, he used to be a 350 pound man uh, and all he did was like pest control. So he did like, uh, he he would like kill beetles and shit like, you know, just stuff like that. But he wasn't happy with his life. And one day he just like, he, he joined the military and then after he realized like oh i want to be in the navy went to the navy and then uh lost all this weight became this hard ass motherfucker like <laughs> you gotta hear you gotta hear some of this shit sometimes man it's it's hilarious because it makes you laugh mm-hmm. but it, it's like 
no one has that mindset. Like, I would like to think I w- I'm that guy. Mm-hmm. I'm not that guy. Like, I, he'll he'll run forever. Like, one time, there was a video of him. Uh, so, he, he's lost all his weight now. He's ripped. He's pretty. He's a jacked motherfucker now. But his knee, his, one of his knees got swollen from running because he just runs every day. And I mean, like, it, it's not when, like, people will work out with them. And it's like, how many miles we run in today, Goggins? And it's like, when I feel like I'm done. And this guy has run fucking like 30, 40, sometimes even 50 miles, man. I think I actually do know this guy. Yeah. I actually think I've seen reels of him on Instagram. Where right, just, yeah. where It's always him running. Yeah, it's <laughs> always him running. <laughs> it's always, he's, he's this bald guy, right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, yeah, I, I know who he is, yeah. Now and, you jog my memory. Right. Oh, my God. And he had his, uh, <laughs> he had his knee drain. I laughed at this video because I think it's so fucking so funny. So he had his knee drain. There's a video of him getting his knee drain from being swollen from running all the Oof. time drains it the next day mm-hmm. he's running he makes a video he makes some guy driving a car next to him while he's recording the video he goes y'all motherfuckers thought i was gonna quit huh <laughs> you, saw, you saw me get my knee drained thought i was gonna quit he goes fuck you stay hard and then that, that <laughs> yes guy, he says that yeah. line yeah it is that guy <laughs> i was trying to think of his catchphrase yeah fuck you stay hard <laughs> stay hard and it's funny because uh you know listen to that guy of like how like i would love to talk to a guy like that of oh. like what makes you're, like, what do you, at what point do you push mm-hmm. to, like, uh, you know what I mean? Like, what what is what is that mindset of you, like, I can't fucking run mm-hmm. five miles without thinking I'm going to die. I can only imagine 20. Mm-hmm. Fucking Jesus, man. I can go run a mile. I'll run up the street and back. And you would think, I, oh, Jake, you ran a marathon? Jesus. Mm-hmm. I'd be fucking dying, man. <laughs> I'd be fucking dying. I don't have the capacity for that shit. It's interesting, yeah, with the, the concept of willpower. And that uh, I feel like it, people don't talk about it enough, and I think like some people don't want to talk about it. That certain like people have different levels of willpower. Some people just aren't able, well, aren't able to do that. Like I don't think I would be able to push myself as hard as he does and do all this crazy shit. But there's also it goes back to studying, say, World War One, with uh, soldiers that would come back, and only some of them would have PTSD. Like, they would all go through very similar traumatizing mm-hmm. scenarios, but only some of them would come back with PTSD. And it's just uh, not to say that I kind of uh, digressed a little bit, that not that they don't have enough willpower, but it's how different brains react to different kinds of trauma or hard events or just being able to where you can push and pull and maybe even fall apart with uh, life of, like, yeah, everyone's brain is just hardwired differently for handling certain things. And it goes in hand with what I'm saying about willpower. Of like, some people aren't, not everyone is able to be like that guy. Right. To push themselves. I actually saw a funny video where it was, uh, it was kind of like animated where it was Elon Musk. And he was like bringing all the rich people to Mars. And he's running. Yeah. yeah, yeah. He goes, I ran, I ran whatever, how many miles Mars is, like 24,000 <laughs> something miles or whatever. It's like, whatever it is. I don't know the actual number, but it's funny. He goes, I'm going to keep running to Jupiter, motherfucker. Stay hard. <laughs> I'll see you there. I'll he's see you there. Stay hard. Yeah. Oh my God. That was the funniest shit ever. <laughs> that guy makes me laugh a lot, man. Um, one more question. Did you ever learn at all um, about people with like schizophrenia at all did you learn about anything like that yes i actually took a course on it's called abnormal psychology where we talk about all those like heavier mental disorders like schizophrenia bipolar disorder psychopathy stuff like that yeah what did what what was like one of the more interesting things you've learned out of that out of that part of the course 
Oh, God. Uh, I'm trying to remember. I did take it a few years ago. Because uh, I got a, I got a story for you after. Once we're done the podcast, <laughs> I got a story for you after. Oh, okay. <laughs> uh, one of the most interesting things, just how different their brains work. Like someone who, again, we talk a lot about perceptions of like, you know, hallucinations. Or again, like it goes back to... We'll say with bipolar disorder, like you, th- people think they're in control, but with something like bipolar disorder, your brain is making you act out of control because either you have there's two types of bipolar disorder, one and two. One is where you just get manic episodes, and the other is manic episodes and depressive episodes. So as much as like people like that would like to think they're always in control, like their brain is working against them and influencing their behavior. To the point of like, oh, like with manic episodes, like going on an insane shopping spree or, you know, skydiving or just getting really wasted and partying a bunch. And then like three days later, they can't even get out of bed. Like that is not truly them. It's their brain that has, you know, is not correctly wired and has stuff wrong with it affecting their behavior. And it goes back to like how much in control we are. What about the schizophrenia part? Schizophrenia part, I'm trying to remember, we talked a little bit about it, just, there were some really interesting videos that we saw, they're like older black and white videos of uh, people who have it, and it was interesting to see because one of the biggest things about schizophrenia is delusions and paranoia, so there was a clip of this guy who was like sitting outside and he was trying to talk to, like, one of the ladies at the facility, and he's like, I gotta, I, I, I gotta get out of here, I gotta get out of here. There's people watching, and, you know, I just gotta be not here, and, you know, they're coming to get me, and, like, I, I just gotta go. And he, like, gets up and, like, walks away. And just how, how much, again, like, how much our brain influences, like, how we view reality. Because people with schizophrenia, they don't view reality, uh, the... I don't want to say the correct way, but they don't have a proper perception of reality at all. Like, they're constantly in, like, almost like a fight-or-flight state of, like, something's going to happen to me, and I need to just... They're always on edge. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's very interesting. Um, I want to ask you another question, too. Um, what is your, like, the use of SSRIs and anxiety depression medication has gone up over the years? Like... What, what is your opinion about those, and, and why do you think is the, the rise for them now? The rise for them now. There's a few factors. I think it's a mix of both our openness and acceptance to talk about mental health, our environment, and also, like, our technology or, like, social factors. Like, social media affects how we, you know, people talk about, like, it's, like quick hits of dopamine and feeling better just very quickly all the time but it it affects you in the long term of like once you it's almost like addiction of like you're so reliant on this thing for getting you know chemical hits in your brain that once it's like you try to like do something else then it uh it takes a toll on you and you know there is this acceptance of mental health more so than in the past so there definitely is more people getting help that you know should like I think about it like there are, there's a lot of people in the world. And Eight billion now. Mm-hmm. Yes, yeah. I saw that. And just, you know, if, like, say, like, one, like, 0.1, 0.1% of the population, 
you know, has mental health issues. That's a, it's a lot, a lot, a lot, a lot of people. But in the grand scheme of things, it's just, you know, a very small, still a very small percent of the population. So sometimes people think it's a, not that mental health isn't a big deal, but like, you know, it's just another thing that's wrong with people that, you know, they need help for and uh, that they should get help for. And it's just like anything else. It's just like, you know, having diabetes or cancer or anything. You just, everyone's got something different wrong with them. And then also, I saw some interesting posts where you talked about, like, how we live in bigger cities and there's lots more people around and stuff like that. I saw a post that someone talked about, imagine someone with uh, autism spectrum disorder. They're, you know, very socially inept. They don't have proper social skills and, like, maybe they also have some uh, auditory issues where like you know loud sounds or like something like that or a lot of people talking um gives them a lot of anxiety and stress but back in the day if you were a person like that and you were just on a farm in the middle of nowhere where there's no loud sounds and nothing you know you would be better functioning off versus like someone now living in the big city where there's always like cars blaring people talking busy 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 you know you don't a person like that wouldn't function as well in one environment as in the other because yeah, there's just totally different aspects of, like, you know, how far we've come with our development. Yeah, mm. that's very interesting. Are you, there, uh, is there anything else, like, you're interested in other than, like, uh, psychology and stuff like that? Like, is there something else, like, even uh, hobby-wise? Hobby-wise, video games, reading. Oh, God, that sounds really boring, but uh, reading. It's not boring. <laughs> you're into your own stuff. Do you, think those are, do you think those are, like, stress relievers for you sometimes from Absolutely. school? Absolutely. It's, uh, I'm big into, it's almost like escapism, like having a separate space, uh, both physically and like in my mind to mm-hmm. like, just get away. It's like, a, it's like a mind vacation. Right. Do you, uh, do you mind if I ask what you're playing right now, video game wise? A <laughs> uh, lot of single player stuff. I, uh, I'm not a big multiplayer guy. Not Me as neither, ma- man. Go ahead. Excellent. What are you doing? Uh, right now... I got back into this um, dungeon crawler, like, wow, roguelike game called Hades. Yeah. Which is really good. Have you played it? I haven't, no, but I, I do enjoy a good roguelike, I'll be honest. Mm-hmm. Stuff like Binding of Isaac, stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Oh, yeah. I, I love all those. Um, ironically, mm-hmm. I was, uh, I don't know why I said ironically, but uh, <laughs> <laughs> just uh, all in my mind, thinking two steps ahead. But uh, I was playing... An old Star Wars game from 2004. That's what I've been into lately. Which one? Knights of the Old Republic. Goddamn right. <laughs> yes, sir! Oh, yes, sir! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. A fellow fan. That's fantastic. Oh, I've never played it. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. I know it was good, though. I know they're making a remake. They are. I'm very excited about it. Oh, if you... Uh, for people who are into, like, Dungeons & Dragons and stuff like that, it's basically, like, the video game version of that, where all the background stuff of like dice rolling stats all that kind of stuff uh random object placement or item generation it's all that like where you do on like a tabletop and like you write everything down and you have a person telling you all the stuff it's just all that in like video game form like say um you know like in D, you would throw a dice to see if you hit an enemy or not well that's just in the computer of like you don't have to like see it or it's all in the background in the game and it's just a really interesting there's two of them. There's Knights of the Old Republic and then Knights of the Old Republic 2. 
both very interesting. I uh, actually had to recode my second game because it, it's so old that it wasn't working properly <laughs> on the newer computer. So I had to like get in there and like recode some stuff and like mod it a little bit. I'm just like, oh my god! But uh, it was definitely worth it to relive my a piece of my childhood because <laughs> uh, I used to play it when I was uh, younger on like the original. I think it was the original Xbox. Yeah, I didn't even know that was on Xbox. Mm-hmm. It's kind of crazy. <laughs> mm-hmm. Oh my god! Video games. My whole life has just been, yeah, just been there. Yeah, for real. I'm uh, definitely an inside kid, not a uh, go outside and play hockey kind of kid. It's <laughs> not your uh, cup of tea. No, I don't blame you. <laughs> I video games are cooler anyway. So yeah, what have you been reading? What have I been reading? Um, I uh, funny enough, for I've never been into like anime or manga or anything, mm. but I got into this uh, manga recently that has an anime with it, JoJo's Bizarre Adventure. Oh, I've heard of that one. I've, I don't it watch is, anime at all. <laughs> me neither, but just this one specifically. Like, I haven't watched anything else. I uh, I talked with Drake about it. It was uh, funny that he's like, really, you started with that? Because it's not one that people particularly start with. Yeah. The thing that got me into it was the music. This guy's I, actually, Marquise is a big this anime fan. local anime. Oh, really? Yeah, he is. Nice. Usually, usually you're going to go into JoJo's at first. It's usually like the main ones, like Naruto or mm -hmm. One Piece or Dragon Ball. That's exactly what Drake said. <laughs> but uh, just what, Drake, our buddy. Like, mm -hmm. oh, yeah. okay, okay. Mm -hmm. Shout out front of the show. Yeah, <laughs> and uh, yeah, just the music got me into it because the anime openings, the music tied to it is just incredible. It's just very unique, and it uh, it plays into things that I like of like with the music and like the fantasy aspect of it, like you know, other world we. Uh, God, I can't even talk. Otherworldly superpowers and stuff mm. like that. Like, I was used to be a big comic book kid. Stuff like that. So it just uh, kind of plays into that. And, uh, yeah, I, I love it. It's uh, still ongoing. Mm -hmm. uh, the uh, creator is still is in the process of making part nine. He's been doing this for over 20 years. Yeah, that's what I mean. That feels like, just give up, bro. It's over. <laughs> <laughs> it's done. I don't know what to tell you. <laughs> well, funny, our... Um, you could be also like the creator of, there's a very popular manga, Berserk. Oh, yeah. They're oh still doing that? Goodness. It's still the, going? Damn. Marquise, that was all of them. I like that when you're always like, shit. Like, shit, you know, buddy. Oh, the fuck. original creator passed away. Un oh, okay. And with un the finished, the work was unfinished. Oh. And now his uh, very close students that worked with him a lot, they have the um, kind of the outline that he had said, like, this is how I wanted to go and, like, this is how things should go. And now they're doing it all for him, like, in his, like, legacy. So there is also that aspect of, like, committing yourself so long to an art and, like, your craft that, like, you might not make it to finish it. That'll last you, man. Like, that is, it's tragic in a way, but also it's really good that his, he has such close students to be able to pick up where he left off. That's why I'm, I've never watched One Piece, but, God, I am so worried about that guy. Like, over a thousand oh, yeah. chapters, like... <laughs> And he's like, oh, I know how it's going to end. And it's like, well, are you going to make it? Have <laughs> <laughs> you told anyone else? Because what if you're not here, homeboy? Why, is this guy really old? Uh, I don't think so. But uh, it's just been going on for so like a thousand chapters. Yeah, that's a lot. And then like a thousand episodes for the anime. Like, mm. a, a th like that is insane. That's a lot I'm of episodes. A, I'm on a thousand and forty. Oh, oh, shit! Oh, Marquis, keeping up with it? Marquis, goddamn. That shit must have came out before you were even born, was it? it was, yeah. Oh, my mm -hmm. God. 
Damn, and you caught up? <laughs> <laughs> That's crazy, man. Yeah, like, imagine, like, he gets to, like, chapter, like, 2032 and then, like, kicks the bucket after, and there's, like, five chapters left. Like, can you imagine? Yeah, can like, imagine. Oh, he's not even alive. The workers that work on, like, the anime, mm-hmm. their eyes are, like, dead. Oh, because they're just working. <laughs> no sleep. They just work on it all the time. <laughs> yeah, people always talk all the time about, like, oh, my God, like, the... You know, people that work for, um, is it called MAPPA? Is that how you call yeah, it? With Mappa, the yeah, mm-hmm, People that work for that, it's like the animation studio. Like, they're like, oh my god, they worked on, like, Attack on Titan, or like, um, what's the other one? I'm trying to remember, um, oh, they're working on Chainsaw Man now. They're like, oh my god, they must work so, so hard, and they must never go home. But, like, the people, like, you just said, work on One Piece, they must be, like, vampires. They <laughs> have no soul. Like... <laughs> They're just, they're just <laughs> dedicated their life to the craft, bro. Dude, yeah. I, you know what? I think you have to at that point. Like, if you're mm-hmm. going from like, would you say 1968 to fucking, yeah, motherfucker, we weren't 96, yeah, bro. Yeah, man, we weren't <laughs> on the moon yet. 68 <laughs> would be crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god! I don't. What did you say? Nineteen what? Ninety six. Oh, ninety six. <laughs> I thought he said. I thought it was deeper than that. I was no, like, god, Jesus! Oh my god! Crazy. I thought that was really deep, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> I, was like, I didn't even know anime was like that in the sixties. It's crazy. No, no. <laughs> 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 yeah, yeah. I didn't know that's what the hype was all about. That's crazy, man. No, manga didn't get popular till I'm trying to think. Like what? Like seventies, eighties. Eighties was a big time. Like Dragon Ball started in the eighties, uh, along with JoJo's. That's oh, when uh, the manga started, and then, uh, you know, the anime catches up or whatever. When did so, it yeah. start, like, hitting the Western world? Wasn't that, like, the early 2000s, late 90s? Something like that, yeah, yeah, what, yeah. What, anime just in general? Or? Yeah, like, when, when did it get big when in, did, like, America? When did anime get big, Rain? In the Let's West. In the West. In the West. Yeah. Because yeah. I, for some reason, uh, I remember in the back of my mind, I watched a three-hour documentary on anime conventions, mm-hmm. and I think they only started happening, like, early 2000s. Mm-hmm. 90s. 90s. So, um, 90s. The conventions would be like 10 years after that, probably. Mm-hmm. Dude, I remember, like, I'd be watching, like, uh, I don't even remember. I was young, but I'd be up late and they'd throw on anime, and I'm just like, I'm not about anime. This is not my thing. Yeah. So I would just be like, Robot Chicken, where's that at? Yeah, watch Robot Chicken. The best late night TV, I swear to God. Dude, that was crazy <laughs> late night TV. Yeah. And they were like, I felt like they were worse when we were young. Have you they ever were. seen that? Robot oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> they were just like, you know, you, you have these, like, action figures just dying. <laughs> that was crazy, man. Oh, yeah. What should we put on TV after 9 p.m. when the kids are asleep? <laughs> Care Bears disemboweling each other. Yeah, <laughs> that's right. <laughs> Dude, uh, they're not even at, I don't. I don't know if they're still going, but they're not as good anymore. No, they're, no, they're, they're not. But uh, you were bringing up, you said one thing, and we, like, totally got off the one thing. For, but I wanted to go back to video games because he ended up asking about books. Um, do you find it, like, people find a... Um, a community in the sense of like I use always Call of Duty as this best example. Okay, is because like when you're playing like a multiplayer game, you and these people like I'm actually closer to some people that I play online video games with than I am my own neighbors. Gotcha. So, <laughs> so like, do you find that like interesting that multi like people that play multiplayer games when they have a goal towards something? So if you have a goal towards you know uh, achieving this mission or whatever, that they're more connected. Do you find that interesting that video games brought that? Oh, absolutely. That's one of the, I guess you say, like, the the brighter side of the more positives of, you know, like the, like a social media or, like, an online presence mm-hmm. and connectiveness. Like, that is definitely one where, like, you can bond with people halfway across the world. Like, it, um, it's one of the positives of the rise of the internet and social media and all that stuff of, like, there is a type of connectiveness, but only if we use it in the, mm-hmm. in a positive way. Mm-hmm. 
Mm-hmm. Do you, uh, like, psychology-wise, do you hope to do um, the therapy aspect in the sense of talking to people, or do you still want to stick to the HR thing? I want to stick to the HR thing because I realized as a person, as much as I can use what I've learned in psychology for other types of work, I could never be... I can never be a psychologist. I realize that because I believe the toll of being so objective and impartial to many different types of people would just be a lot for me. I don't think I would be able to handle it in the long run for how much work there is. It just wouldn't be fair to both people in my line of work and it wouldn't be fair to myself because... You know, you have the days where, like, you know, someone comes in, they're like, oh, like, I'm just uh, having a tough time with school or something like that. Or I could get the person that's, like, you know, comes in and admits they're, like, you know, abusing their spouse. And you have to remain objective and impartial to that to a certain degree, along with, you know, the only way you act in a biased way, I guess you could say, is if you need to contact any sort of law enforcement or anything like that. But you yourself can't talk them out of that. You can't judge them in a way. Like, you have to, like... Give remain professional? Remain professional, which is <laughs> really difficult yeah. and something like that. Like, you have to give them help in, like, a logical, objective way. You can't just be like, oh, like, you're a terrible person and you should change. Like, you have to, like, lay it out for them to be able to understand. Like, it's... You have to almost care for them, a person that you wouldn't normally care about. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And I think just... Not that I couldn't do that, but just the the stress of that in the long run would... Uh, it's not something that appeals to me, uh, which I mean, not that going into HR work w- won't have any stress, but I think it's just a different level. You're not necessarily kind of dealing with that, those issues, like you said, of maybe people abusing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Some of that, like, darker stuff or... You know, HR, they talk about it, you know, HR, you know, you'll have your really, really bad days where, like, everyone is all over you and, you know, everyone, problems always arise. Problems never go away. You'll have one person that comes up to you with their problem and you can't even get back to your office for the whole day because everyone is just all, all over you. And you might even run into situations where really bad stuff happens in the office, like, you know, a a superior abusing a subordinate or things like that. But uh, it just, it makes more sense in my mind. Like, I still, I wanted a balance between the helping people and, like, an office job. Mm -hmm. I wanted that type of balance. That's more my speed. And your your fascination with people, right? Mm -hmm. Like, weird, but would you ever... Consider doing a weird I'm saying weird question, but would you ever want to do your own podcast? Oh. Well, think about it. Your fascination talk with talking to other people. That's why I originally wanted to do it. Mm. I'm not as smart as you. I couldn't go into that. Oh, I appreciate the compliment. Yeah. Not that uh, <laughs> I think you give me a little bit too much credit, but um, I've never really... I don't know. I haven't thought about it too much. Well, because the way I'm thinking of it is, like, if you didn't want to deal with it in the ther- uh, therapy sense, you can actually pick people that you want to be on mm-hmm. and pick their brain about things. I think with the the knowledge that you learned from the you, I think you, I think that would benefit you. I think that would be something that would be very interesting. It's just something on the side. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And maybe it turns into something. You know, you picking people's brains. I th- I, I I like listening to people like that. 
Yeah, there's definitely, I've seen a lot of people on TikTok like that, like the guy that dresses up like a frog. That, uh, <laughs> I love that fucking guy. Yeah. yeah. The frog. Therapy the lizard, bro. Yeah, mm. when everyone calls in. Yeah, yeah, or like the guy that uh, he dresses up like a priest. Yeah. And, uh, <laughs> and he does like that kind of stuff. Yeah, something like that. Uh, Potentially I could see myself doing that. I don't know. I don't know. It's a really good question. I haven't given it a lot of thought. I will have to say that I would have to preference that even though I have a degree in psychology, Everything that I've said today is all personal opinion. Like, right. I have no uh, authority over, like, oh, like, I'm some Wait, kind you're of not even, like, a doctor? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. They actually teach you a lot of, like, yeah, you, at this level, like, you shouldn't be, like, you can't diagnose anyone, like, right, officially. Right, right. It is just, you know, personal opinion and stuff like that. Like, you have to get to, like, the master and uh, PhD or um, medical license level. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Something to look into, man. Yeah, no, it's an interesting question. I definitely consider it. I think I think you do good at it. Do you think I should dress up like a frog, or I like feel <laughs> like it would help get you traction? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe something else. I don't know. Yeah, man. <laughs> well, you, you fucking, you got to give it a cool name. Just fucking start picking people's brains, man. Do it in like a Seven Eleven parking lot with a ski mask on. <laughs> <laughs> or you can be like everyone, every YouTuber now, where they just interview people on the street randomly. That seems like it's going good. How for you a doing, lot of homeless dude? Why do you do crack? Was yeah. it because your dad didn't like you? <laughs> <laughs> I, that's a little bit better than a couple of years ago when it's like, oh, like, kidnapping my friend and pretending that he got sold to ISIS. Like, Reaction video. Reaction video. I pretended my friend got sold to ISIS. Gone wrong. <laughs> like, oh, my God. That stuff was crazy. Why? Like, but they were getting mad cash. Yeah, and people they were, were mad cash. And people it. were also, you know, dying. <laughs> because they had people, only like five, maybe ten of them. <laughs> oh, <laughs> man. I'm glad that's done. But, uh, <laughs> It'll be back. Don't worry. It'll cycle back around. Oh TikTok will get boring again, and that's going to be the clickbait. Yeah, man. You fucking like TikTok? A little bit. I uh, I stay away from it a little bit just because of, uh, you know, I would always be, like, scrolling for, like, an hour just, like, oh, I'll get off in, like, five minutes, and then, like, two hours later. Like, <laughs> <stuff>. <laughs> like, I had to delete that shit, man. I had to delete that. Mm-hmm. I don't even have an account. Like, I, I just, oh, like, yeah. I have the app that I can, like, scroll on it a little yeah. bit, but I really, really limit my, my time on there because uh, I, already, I already do that on Instagram. Like, Instagram Reels, I'm that instead. So people are like, what, you just, it's just a different app. And I'm like, shut up. <laughs> <laughs> Let me enjoy my things. <laughs> yeah, no, man, I had to delete that app. You ever seen the terms and agreements about that? Oh, <laughs> is this about stuff dealing with China? Or, uh, it was like uh, where they can access other devices even though it's not on your... Um, Jake? I know, Jake. <laughs> shut up. <laughs> you bring it up every fucking time. I'm talking about this app. <laughs> they all do it, though. I know they all do it. <laughs> so why do you care so much about this one? Because I think it's interesting. Okay. I just think it's interesting that... I'm just so Every app there. on your phone is gathering every little bit of information and giving you from your you entire house. Yes, mm-hmm. yes that's, that's not what it's for. That just helps with the ads, but that's not what it's for. It's not even subtle anymore. No. Like, I, um, I have friends at Sinclair that um, they're talking... What is that show that they talk about? It's not The Bachelor, but it's that other one. Love Island. Yeah. And then they talk about it all the time. And then I get a notification on my phone for, like, you know, like a Reddit, like, notification that's like, oh, check out the Love Island subreddit. I'm like, what? Like, <laughs> no. No. Like, why is there a subreddit? No. I'm like, why, why are you listening? Like, <laughs> you went near off. people that look it up. Yeah. So we think you like it, too. <laughs> so, it's like, please just stop listening to everything that I say. Yeah. This is really disturbing. I don't like that I can read my mind. Right. Do I don't like that. Literally. You ever see that one show? Um, oh, man. I don't know what it is, but it, like these, these, like it's uh, hot and something. 
Hot and something. It's on Netflix. Anyways, it's like on too Netflix. hot to handle. I think it's like too hot to handle or something like that. And it's like these people. Is my right about that? Yeah. Um, and it's like these people go on this island and they can't like. What is it? They can't have sex. Oh for like yes. Days. And they just like some of them are just like I can't. I can't hold it together. <laughs> like, I, just, <laughs> I can't do it. I can't. It's like it, I think that's the only rule is that they can't it's have sex, right? So it's just like a bunch of like ridiculously attractive people. Yeah. Um, producers put them on a beautiful island, give them as much alcohol as they can fucking consume, um, and then all they have to do is there's no sexual contact. So it's like, oh, if somebody, you can't, like, jerk off, nothing. So if you're <laughs> caught, and they're, they're watching you at all time. They have cameras in the showers making sure you're not fucking beating your meat up in there. Yeah. And then it's like the all the people that are on the island share the cash pool mm -hmm. and so it's like oh if joe blow fucking he goes blows he, yeah he blows <laughs> yeah. if he fucking goes and blows then that's like 10k off the you know million prize pool God damn it, joe. <laughs> dude if that was like listen to me that was an island filled with guys there'd be no money in that pot <laughs> <laughs> every guy would fail that so fast i love the implications you're stating there oh my god <laughs> oh my <laughs> shit no, but like it's funny just some of them like 30 days just can't mm -hmm. can't oh keep yeah it together i got fuck i can't not i have to <laughs> it's like it's funny because like like my sister will watch it and i'll show the clips and it's like literally dudes getting interviewed after it's like i just I couldn't. I don't know. She just, she just looked great. Okay. I was yeah. like, okay, man. Like, I guess. They're full, like, pitching a tent on camera in the interview. Like, I can't handle this. I gotta, I gotta go. People are having, like, meltdowns, dude. People are like, having, like, straight meltdowns on twitching. this They're Because, like, oh. it, fucking, if it's for a hefty price, fuck, I'll handcuff my hands. I don't give a shit. I'll, I'll chop my, my hands I'm off. I'm not leaving <laughs> the room, bitch. I don't give a fuck. I don't want to see none of y'all. <laughs> I'll put, like, fucking, what do you, like, uh, actually, like, a chest. I'll just put a belt. Put <laughs> a chastity belt? A belt around that. Oh, my God. It's not coming off until the month's done. <laughs> <laughs> Jesus, you got to do that one from, uh, you ever watch the new Mad Max? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Mm -hmm. The ones that the, the, like, the Warlord's Brides had that, like, have, like, the spikes and everything on it. <laughs> yeah. like, nah, you gotta get one of those, just in case. <laughs> just in case. I have to piss so bad, but I, I keep stabbing my hands. <laughs> oh, buddy. You're just pissing in the chastity belt. <laughs> 30 days. <laughs> keep it together. Can't Ugh. do it. Well, it's been very nice having you yeah, on. Yeah, Jared, this sir. has been dope. Hey, I really appreciate being on. It's been great. Thanks for uh, definitely not sharing real medical advice because you're not a doctor, apparently. Yes. <laughs> I was misled, but... <laughs> <laughs> but um, do you have, like, a, we do this thing. Do you have a positive message to put out there before we end it? Yeah, sure. Um, just that uh, if you need help, don't be afraid to ask. Mm -hmm. You know, there's people out there that either you have in your life that you may not think are as receptive to your problems that you might think or there's even other outlets that you can reach you know we have like the bell let's talk and you know there's always a way to deal with your problems and there's either some someone that you can help or something to set your mind with like a hobby or anything that you can put your energy energy into to help you get through the day like there's always there's always something you can always find the lemonade amongst the lemons kind of deal <laughs> and uh, you love this lemonade <laughs> <I'll let you laughs> <know. laughs> uh yeah but uh just you know try to keep as uh, much of a positive vibe uh, i try to do the same you know not that you can't have bad days like i said before but uh try to uh 
like I said, roll with the punches and uh, keep on trucking along. We're all trying to just get uh, get where we're going. That's beautiful, man. Thank, Thank you for being on again. I always have mad respect for you. I uh, hope you do. I hope nothing but success for you, my man. Hey, same here. Same for you, too. Thanks, it's man. It's been great. Thanks, all right. Goodbye, everyone.